1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Addressing questions around Christians and money, our special guest, Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, back with us. Hello, Alex. Welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be with you again. Alex, a question that came through from a listener after last week's segment. Uh, it was Bernard who said, Personally, I fail to understand what christianity and money have in common the gospels of matthew and luke apparently quote jesus you cannot serve both god and mammon it's an interesting one and i think there's a little bit of cynicism there in alex's question but uh, what are your thoughts for an immediate response uh, perhaps the big picture on christians and money
0: Look, it's a fabulous question, and to be honest, I think it's probably almost the best question we've had all year because it's a a thing that does trouble a lot of people. You know, does Christianity and money mix, and isn't it a bit grubby and all this kind of thing? So I I really feel for where he's coming from, and I do understand the cynicism uh, that can drive that kind of uh, question. Uh, But in one sense, the answer is everything and nothing. So on the one hand, we know as believers the only way to get saved is through Jesus Christ through him dying on the cross for us and uh, and us accepting that message and turning to God and following him. But, of course, that's got nothing to do with money at all. So you kind of think, well, what's the relevance? But then on the other hand, the it's, it's everything in the sense that if we look at our society today, one of the greatest barriers that holds people back from knowing God is money because they choose money over God. They choose material things over God. They choose temporal things over eternal things. So money has a massive impact. Uh, and of course, our attitude to money, and particularly things like being generous with money, is often very much reflective of our attitude to God. And so, as I say, this is actually a, it's a fantastic question because it is so critical uh, that we make sure that the way we handle money is in accordance with the way God would want us to do. And of course, that we understand the role it plays in our life, because it is the, I would argue, it's the ultimate heart issue. And interestingly, when you look at the Bible... There are more than 2,350 verses on money, wealth, and possessions. Believe it or not, it's the most talked about issue. So it's not that it's necessarily core to Christianity. As I say, it's got nothing to do with where you be saved, but it can be a major barrier for people. And therefore, um, it's something that we need to absolutely address, and God talks about it so much. And in fact, so I think the question should really be, why does the Bible actually talk so much about money? Um, because it's something uh, that we ultimately need to grapple with. And God talks about it so much simply because of the huge effect that it has on us. I mean, when we look around what's going on in the world at the moment, in the last 18 months, the devastating impact of the uh, virus, the economic impact it's had. You know, you've got people in the third world starving because they can't go to work. You've got people losing jobs. You've got all those things. So money has a huge issue. And of course, Christians can respond by doing good with their money. They can actually solve these problems. We can actually sow into them, not just through prayer. Prayer is obviously the starting point, but just through actual taking action and using our money to do good, so it's a fantastic. Say, Bernard, thank you for the question because it's a fabulous question and something that all Christians really need to to deal with uh, in their life because it reflects our attitude to God Himself.
1: If we go back to Old Testament times, in particular, and perhaps some commandments about God versus idols, the idea, you know, don't make any graven images, don't set up. A whole bunch of uh, images that your people bowed down and worship because there were idol worshippers through the Old Testament. So you've got this God versus idols. When we see that word mammon, M A M M O N, in the scriptures, uh, it's more than just the idea of a little bit of cold hard cash. That mammon has a bigger representative value, doesn't it, Alex? Absolutely. In fact, it's really a spiritual thing. In the um, and, and
0: look, depending on which scholar you read, the way they'll unpack it is that Mammon is almost a spirit in and of itself, and that you and, and really what I think it's saying is that when you fall in love with money, you start to serve it. I mean, Jesus's whole point in that particular passage was the fact that who are you going to serve ultimately? That's the question that Jesus is saying. Are you going to serve me, Jesus Christ, or are you going to serve money? Who are you going to serve? And, and he's making a very stark contrast because he's saying you've actually got to choose. Um, and I think the the problem with money and mammon as, as you use, as because that's, the, that's the, the term that the King James Version uses, is when you start serving mammon, you are worshipping a false god which is idolatry, which is a sin. <laughs> and so this is why, as believers, we've got to be so careful with money. I mean, in fact, one of the main reasons that money is talked about so much in the Bible is because they're warning messages. They're actually saying, hang on a minute, your money, which is a good thing for the most part, can actually lead you down a dangerous path where you're actually starting to serve it and and uh, you're putting money above God. And I actually love, there's a passage in Deuteronomy, I think it's 8, verse 18, it says, Remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the ability to gain wealth. And, and whereas and I think in our society what's happened is we've forgotten the Lord because of money. We, we've actually, we're so prosperous now, we've, we've forgotten it. And we've forgotten that it all comes from God in the first place. And so I really come back to this, this one key point, is what is your heart attitude to well, it's money now? It's only, ultimately, it's only God. Uh, that knows our hearts but our behavior with money is if you like a spiritual thermometer for what our heart what's going on in our heart it's a spirit it's like a that it's a kind of an outworking if you like of what's going on in our hearts so the question i think for listeners is what are you doing with your money does that reflect a heart that is centered on god And that, I think, is a big challenge.
1: Alex, because we are very consumer-oriented here in Australia, and you might even argue we're quite materialistic because that's the culture we live in, are we in danger, then, of having our own idol, our own mammon, because somehow or other, you know, we want to, uh, you know, wherever that money's coming from, uh, we feel like sometimes it's not coming from God. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, absolutely. In fact, there's a great book
0: written by a guy called Timothy Keller um, and who many of listeners would have heard of. He's a, a pastor in New York, uh, Presbyterian pastor, I believe. And he wrote a book called Counterfeit Gods. And in it, he talks about idolatry today. And what he says is idolatry today is usually in good things that get taken too far and and when they become the ultimate thing. And on this program, we've talked about many issues in the past, so things like, you know, property ownership and buying shares, all these things. And I think in our culture, and as you say, it's materialistic, I think most people would acknowledge that, Um, but I think what tends to happen is we start to focus on things that are in and of themselves not bad things, but we then take them too far and, and they consume us, uh, we fall in love with them and we start to serve them. And, and that is exactly what the Bible's warning us against and that's why you know we need to guard our hearts and we need to be very aware of the fact that you know the, the devil is you know firing arrows at us, Trying to, And one of the things he'll use is he'll use money as a weapon against you. Either he'll enslave you in it through debt or he'll um, make you (laughs) greedy or make you focused on yourself or fearful about money. There's all sorts of things he'll do by throwing this at you. And that's why uh, we need to be very aware that money is a tool for doing good. Um, It's a heart issue. And we need to guard our hearts to make sure that we're serving God and not serving money, which is why I say it's such an important question.
1: It's almost as though money has some sort of personality. And uh, I wonder whether you've got any thoughts around this probably takes this a, a level deeper. The idea that, you know, the money talks or the money has a hold on me. It's like money has something of a personality and this choice between two personalities, God and this consumerist, materialist idea of mammon, there's a certain sense in which money does persuasively move us in a different direction because it's like calling us, Alex.
0: Yeah, and you're spot on. But it's it's also very subtle in the sense that we don't often realise that we've been stitched up. We don't realise that we've succumbed to it, um, you know, as you say, it's got like a personality. We fall in love with it. Um, Every time you step out of your house or turn on your TV, you're bombarded with all these messages about the things that you should have, the kind of car you should drive, the kind of schools you should send your kids to. You're surrounded by all these things. Um... Which is why it's so important, of course, to walk closely with the Lord and to, to read his words so that we're actually getting filled with the right things, and we're getting filled with biblical wisdom and replacing it with the noise that we're often hearing elsewhere. Because otherwise, um, money will grab a hold of you and, and and will trap you. And it look happens to all of us, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just as affected by it as everybody else is, um, But as I say, I I think it's often something that we... we just don't realize it's happening to us, it's subtle. And it's why it's so important to have accountability and to have friends that we talk to about these issues and to be taught about it in our churches. You know, I'd really encourage pastors to talk about money a lot more than they do, simply because they're often reluctant because you know they're worried about, in Bernard's question, they're worried about thinking that they talk about money all the time, right? Um, when in fact, really what you're doing is you're helping people to make sure that their relationship with God is, is in good shape rather than allowing them to have their relationship uh, linked to the world and what the world is offering and temporal things. So it's a big challenge.
1: Interesting, isn't it, uh, that some people will say, well, God doesn't need money because he does miracles. Uh, interesting connection here because... If you talk about this commission we have for the expansion of God's kingdom, you know, taking the message of the gospel into all the world, somehow or other, that includes people and it includes money. What are your thoughts here about the idea that somehow God can do miracles? What does he need our money for? Look, it's a a great question. And look, in one sense, God, of course, doesn't need our money. God is all-powerful.
0: He's all-knowing. He doesn't need money, but he... He wants us to partner with him to achieve his purposes and his plans. And that's a privilege that we have. And he calls to steward um, us, to steward the resources he's given us for his glory. Um, And so in terms of the whole miracles versus money, I I look at it like this. I mean, there's a Christian uh, business guy I know, and he, he uses the term supernatural. And he says, God does the super and I do the natural. And so as Christians, we're called to live generously. And let's say I give money to a particular Christian cause. That's me doing my bit in the natural. And then God does the super. He's the one that multiplies it. He's the one that um, will ultimately see the fruit of it and and, and bless it. That's that, that's God's role. But my bit is to do my bit in the natural and, and contribute to it. And that involves me living generously uh, and so forth. Um Because we've still got to do our bit. God is supernatural, but he still wants us to partner with him. We are the body of Christ. We are his arms and legs, and we have a role to play. And ultimately, we'll be called to account for what we've done with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. We'll be called to account. We have to give an account for what we've done. And so... It's very important that we just don't say, oh, yes, we'll just pray about it and and miracles will happen. Yes, we do those things, absolutely. But we've also got to do our part and be obedient to to God's word um, and step out in faith and live generously with what he's given us.
1: And if we all understood those elements, those good elements of money, uh, the kingdom expansion no doubt would happen so much quicker. But there's a certain Mm. sense here in which money also Uh, causes division. What are your thoughts about uh, the way that we get divided on this? And uh, if we don't, we're not all on the same page, so things don't progress as quickly as they ought. Absolutely. And money is extremely
0: divisive, and you see this in multiple contexts. So let's start with marriage. Um, If you look um, at at, at marriage, the number one cause of divorce is in, in Australia is financial conflict. So money can cause enormous division. Equally, by the way, if we have the the mindset um, as a couple uh, that it's actually God's money and that we're called to steward it together, that'll actually help bring unity to it. Now, it doesn't mean you'll necessarily always agree on everything, but it puts the right focus around money and good stewardship. So there's division, as I say, within marriage in that context. Um, But you also see it in church. I mean, the... The devil wants to divide us. He wants us to be, you know, to break us up because, you know, what's the Bible say? You know, a house divided against the self will fall and so you see that in church life where the pastor says something um, a handful of people in the church don't like what the pastor's said and so either they leave or they you know i've heard terrible things where they say oh i'm just not going to give anymore because i don't agree with the pastor on this and you hear these you know horrible things and that's divisive and that's exactly what you when you do that you're playing to the devil's hands <laughs> rather than doing the opposite saying well how do we Solve this. How do we bless it? How do we fix it, Um, and so forth? So money can be very, very divisive, Um, and hence the need to a make sure we guard our hearts, and hence the need to to adopt a process of unity, whether it's in marriage. And as I say, in marriage, to me, to, to keep. And I know this sounds a bit simplistic, but we've got to say, right, as a couple, we both acknowledge that everything God has given us is his it's not his or hers it's 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 god's and we're called to steward it for his glory and how as a couple are we going to move forward and use what he's given us um, uh, to to serve him and to serve others that's that's the challenge and so we can't let money divide us we've got to help it use it as a tool um, for for doing good and not let it um, break us apart
1: Alex always great wisdom and let me point listeners to connect with you Alex uh, founder of Wealth with Purpose expert on money and uh, you can connect with Alex through his website wealthwithpurpose.com uh, there is free resources on that website free ebooks the my toolkit Get your budget in place, free videos, podcast content. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There's also a email address, askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com. And, of course, if you have a question, uh, you might like to even register that question on today's post on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Alex Cook, great insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always great to be with you.